T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to The Morning Briefing on Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. And we mean that. We're a site created by veterans for veterans, focusing entirely on the veteran and military experience, as well as those family members of veterans. And what do we look at? Well, we look at everything. We look at the benefits that you can get. We look at the programs that are out there to help you transition to veteran status, to be the most successful veteran you can be, to live your best veteran life. And we just put some real cool stories out there as well. Let's be honest. When we talk about somebody like Jesse Awuji, played football at the Naval Academy, then goes out to the fleet as a surface warfare officer, and now is driving for NASCAR, that's the kind of cool story we want you to know about. Shows that you can do anything you want if you set your mind to it. And one thing that you should set your mind to is following us on social media. We are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Our next guest is a veteran of the United States Army. He's also the founder of Go Ruck, a company that's doing some pretty incredible things, including creating some pretty great gear that's being used by some of our military members, being used by some people in the in the civilian community as well. And they're also doing some pretty cool events. We're going to talk to him about all of that. His name is Jason McCarthy, and he joins us now in the morning briefing. Jason, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm all souped up on my caffeine and ready to go. <laughs> I drink so much <laughs> coffee every morning. Oh, I've got something i got to pass on to you later. We'll see what you think about this as well. <laughs> little Army-Navy thing that'll be going on. An energy drink developed by a SEAL that's kind of unique. We'll tell you about it all right, when awesome. we're done here. But I don't know how much extra energy you need, because when I look at everything that you're doing with your company, Go Ruck, right now, uh, it's really impressive. It's kind of tiring for me to read about everything that you're doing, let alone doing all of it. But that might not be surprising when people find out a little bit more about your background. So, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, when you joined and what you did while you were serving in the Army. So I, I graduated from college in 2001, just before 9-11 happened. And that was sort of the, the catalyst for my desire to serve our, our nation. I just felt like I needed, to, I needed to fight is, is where I was at 22 years old. And you don't owe your country nothing, and sometimes you owe a whole hell of a lot more. And so en enlisted through and, and joined the, the 18 X-ray program and eventually made it through the Special Forces Pipeline, became a Green Beret in 2006. Got to go to uh, some real garden spots in Iraq and in... in That's a lovely place. <laughs> it's a lovely place. Did you the make it to storm, Afghanistan? I found Afghanistan to be free exfoliations <laughs> all the time, right? I mean, some people pay really good money for that stuff yeah, in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Iraq was great. Went to Mauritania, West Africa, and was actually stationed in Stuttgart as well, which was not the hardship post of, of that. Yeah, and I mean... Sort of got out for personal reasons. My very hard. My wife was in the, the foreign service, so she was stationed in a different country in West Africa, got out mm. for the sort of, you know, the personal reasons. And in that time, I was just sort of started to be a little bit lost as far as what I was going to do with my life, which I think is a pretty common thing that we right. all go through as we transition out. Before you know it, the, the five years that we'd been married, that we weren't married anymore, you know, skip to the end. Well, that sort of implodes. So that's in crash and burn as well. So I don't really have a purpose. I don't have a team anymore. Don't mm -hmm. have any of the, the kind of things that make the Army great. And Goruck just sort of started out as a hobby. So, you know, you talk about all the stuff we're doing. I mean, ultimately, 
it goes back to my roots in special forces, which are, it's not about you. It's about the team that you can build and how far you can go with that team. So that's what makes Green Berets Green Berets. Is we, we roll into a country and we work by, with, and through local, local forces, local populations, and we get them to work with us to achieve our desired end state. And so business is not that much different than that. In fact, most things in life aren't. We all want to be part of a community and, and do that sort of fun stuff. When you talk about your transition, and it's always fascinating to me. Listen, I was just regular Navy. Yeah, I deployed to Afghanistan, did some cool stuff Nothing over there. Nothing regular about the Navy, man. It's oh, awesome. You, you guys are great. Hey, slow your roll. I see the direction <laughs> you're going in here. Um, you know, when we look at the special operators out there, whether we're talking about those guys in EOD who are walking up to bombs every day, the SEALs, the Green Berets, the uh, MARSOC, the Army Rangers, the battalion guys, when we hear about those who served in those capacities leaving the service and having the same kind of struggles that we do, it, it kind of surprises you. It doesn't surprise me anymore because I've heard so many of those stories. Let me ask you a question. Do you think being a Green Beret helped or hurt you when it came to transition? Was it a little bit of both? And I mean, you did a very specific job. You were, you were doing something that you loved and then come time to get out. I, there's no real civilian transition, like civilian equivalent to the Green Beret. So how, how do you look at that point in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think the the part of the army or the part of the military that's great is the camaraderie, the community, the people that you, that you get to serve with. That's what makes it great. And just throw in for good measure the fact that you get to serve America, you get to serve something higher than yourself. It's, it's just big. It, it feels like it matters and it's important. And when you pull that away, it's, that's, that's hard. I don't care what job you did. That's hard because every day you wake up, you go to work in, in the military and like, man, I'm making a difference today. This is great. So, you know, I mean, I had every reason in the world to get out and yet, you know, I'm out processing from Fort Carson and I'm driving back to Florida with my, you know, I got a pickup or a SUV full of my stuff that was in my garage, right? Not, not much at all. And I'm crying almost the whole way through Kansas, like a, like a baby. You know, like what is going on here, <laughs> right? I knew this was coming, you know, I knew this was coming and it just was, it was really, really hard because I knew that the guys were going back to Iraq and I'd been there at the, the height of the surge with them. It was kind of a messy time there. They were going back. I felt like I could have helped and continued to help. And I felt like I was quitting on the team. I felt like I was letting America down. I mean, everything converges. Mm. So that was really hard. So whether it was being a Green Beret or being anyone who served, it's, it's hard because there, those feelings go through your head that you're you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing when you get out because the service and the camaraderie is just so strong. When you think back on that transition time, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you learned that allowed you to eventually overcome those struggles that you had or something that, that helped you uh, really just get by at that point? So it's, it's really common. Everybody says, hey, the transition's really hard. And I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and I, I stress that it is. I also stress that it's manageable. There are certain things that you can do that will help. And so for me, you know, there, there's kind of three things. The first was I, I went and eventually utilized the post-9-11 GI Bill, right? I mean, if you served, you sacrificed a lot, you, you've earned this. This is great. It's also, oh, yeah. hey, thanks to the American taxpayer. It's not free what they've provided for us. And, and more than just going back to school, it buys you time. What you want is time. And so it took me a while to get there to where I was going to apply and, and to where I got in. Um, the second was you need to work really hard. So if you're not going to go back to school or if you are, no matter what, you're used to working hard. Do, do that. Do more of that. Don't, mm. don't think that 
leaving the service is some license to do something now differently mm. than, than the way of life that made you happy while you were serving. So work really hard. Be the person that volunteers to, to do the jobs that nobody else wants to do. Be the type of person who you know, shows up a little early and leaves a little late, right? I mean, if, if, you're the, if you're showing up 15 minutes before the 15 minutes in the civilian sector, you will go really, really far, really, really fast. Oh, yeah. And so, and the third, which was kind of the most, the most important to me on a daily basis was, is I got a dog. Oh, I had a dog. Yeah. And it, it sounds as simple as that. It, it was just, it made all the difference, you know, because you, you go from this, this community while you're serving and then you're by yourself, you're alone. And a, a community of two, you and your dog, is a really great start for whatever chapter is next in your life. And we are speaking with Jason McCarthy, founder of Go Ruck. And of course, the next chapter in life for you was Go Ruck. So tell us about the company, where the idea came from, and how you got it started. Yeah, so it was in this sort of messy personal stage of my life where I was in West Africa trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life because... Emily was still stationed there. We were trying to work it out, our, our marriage, not successfully. And it, it turned into, I, I wanted something to do that would take my past in special forces and allow me to do some good with that. So the idea was build out a go bag or a go ruck for people, you know, diplomats and other people in sort of war-torn West Africa and teach them how to do it. So there's this sort of, hey, this is what you need to do and this is how you're going to do it. And the idea, that didn't, end up working out because it sort of died on my, my plane flight back home by myself with, with a, you know, a pending loss of, of uh, a, a marriage. And yet the idea for GORUCK lived on. And that, that became one bag, one rucksack called GR1. And where I was in, in my life at that time is I wanted to build a bridge between the military and the civilian worlds. The one where I was coming from and the one where I was living in but not really committed to yet. Right. So wanted a, a ruck that would thrive in both New York City and in Baghdad. And not knowing anything about manufacturing or sewing or anything like that, it took a long time, two and a half years, to get that rucksack to where it was ready for, for sale and, and scale and manufacturing and all that stuff. So that was the start. It's a really expensive piece of gear, right? $295 was its initial retail price, which is still its, its retail price you know, almost a decade later. And what I found out back then, though, was nobody wanted to buy it because we're an unknown brand and mm. all of this stuff. And how do, how do you do it? I didn't know anything about marketing or Google ads or Facebook or, or any of that stuff. But I did know about good gear and how to do sort of the right thing in the Special Forces way of life. So came up with an event series called the Go Ruck Challenge, sort of help promote what we were doing at Go Ruck. And that's just a team event, a rucking challenge based on Special Forces training. And that's really a fascinating thing that you guys are doing. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. First, I want to ask you about the aspect of going into business. And, uh, you know, Go Ruck is, is you talk about your Special Forces experience. You talk about being a Green Beret. There are those out there who look at that negatively, who look at, oh, great, another SEAL wrote a book. Oh, another Green Beret's got this. Oh, another Delta guy's got this. How do, you, how do you respond to those people about the fact that, you know, yes, you do talk about your personal experience and your service as part of your company? So uh, it's a really nuanced answer, which is it's, it's really case by case how the community deals with how people talk about their, their service, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the easy answer is always to say, I don't talk about that. You know, it, the, the Green Berets are literally the quiet professionals. Now, 
I would say that doesn't mean silent though. And, and so look, ultimately what I'm reminded by is I'm accountable to the guys who are on my team. If I sort of make this story about me and I come up with a company called McCarthy's or whatever, and it's always me, 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 they're, they're going to, they're going to shun me really, really quickly. You know, working with the Green Bray Foundation from the outset, doing more to give back and to sort of educate both people going through veterans, going through transitions, as well as civilians about what it means to serve, about what, what we do in special forces, not in a way that says there I was with my beard and my 25 pounds of, of guns and all of that stuff, but in a way that says, look, we're all Americans. There's something that unites us. That's, that's greater than even service in the military or, or whatever it is that you're doing. There's, there's something that's a higher calling for all of us. And if, if we find that common ground, then we're all as a society, as a country, a little bit stronger. So it's a very, very fine line between how to present my service and, and what, what I did and, and the, the guys that I served with. But ultimately, it's, it's not about me. It's about giving back and, and really honoring the, the regiment of special forces in a way that makes them proud to, to still associate with me. Because I will, until my dying breath, you know, love the special forces community and the special forces regiment and, and the people who serve in it. And that just extends to the whole special operations community and, and just America as a whole. So I just want to honor, honor that service by doing some good in the world. And if you don't talk about your background, you're doing a disservice to anyone that you might be able to help with the information that you've got and the things that you've got relating to like physical health, which I'm in horrible physical shape right now. I've started training in jujitsu again recently. So maybe shut off some of these post Navy pounds that I've gained over the last seven years, but you're, competitions that you have and your team exercises that you guys have built. Tell us a little bit about those. I mean, I know you're doing 50 miles later on today as we conduct this interview. You're getting ready for that. I'd still be sleeping and resting if I were you, but hey, you do what you do. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about those events. So yeah, so we do we do gear and we do events and all that stuff. And that that's great, right? The the fitness side of GORUCK is the sort of performance side of GORUCK. And rucking is the foundation of special forces training. You put weight on your back, you go for a walk. And in SF and in the, in the Special Force Qualification Course, it's, it, there's land navigation points, and everybody's roughly familiar with, with how that works. They give you your point, you go to your point, you have to find it through the terrain. Well, you're rucking the whole time. And the reason why you're doing that is because, first off, it, it, it tests your, your sort of mental and physical character, and it, it makes you tough and all of that stuff. But it's also because on your missions, you're going to be carrying weight. You have to do this. Movement is the foundation of of being a human and movement with weight is the foundation of doing a job in special forces. So everything that we do at GORUCK, it relates back to the special forces way of life and rucking is a big part of that and it's foundational. So we have these, these challenges that are based, they're all rucking challenges. You put what weight on your back and there's a special forces cadre who's out there and he builds a team out of a bunch of people that show up on a random street corner. And now we have an, we have a new, call it a, a, a rucking challenge. That's a, a 50 miler star course. So we have about 700 people signed up in Washington, DC tonight, it's supposed to be, you know, just Noah's Ark style torrential rain. <laughs> and that's awesome. It's going to make it a lot more <laughs> epic. So it's also a team event. We're big on teams at go ruck. That's the essence of special forces as well. So teams of two to five and you, you, you get your waypoints and then you go, you go whoop it on for 50 miles in and around Washington, DC. That is fascinating to me for, as I said uh, previously, 
I don't like driving 50 miles in a day. I don't like driving 50 miles either. I'd rather rock (laughs) it. You'd rather rock it, yeah. (laughs) And hearing about, well, I think back to uh, a talk that I had with Flo Groberg, Medal of Honor recipient, you know, U.S. Army infantry officer, uh, Ranger, Ranger school graduate. When I saw him speak about going through Ranger school and some of the things that they did where they would be on a rock carrying all their gear and he would start uh, hallucinating, thinking that he'd lost part of the gun that he was supposed to be carrying. And if he lost that part, he was done. This is an incredibly difficult thing. And Jason, you crazy people are doing this for fun. What 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 do you think is the way that someone who's uh, you know fat and lazy like me can start getting into that mindset where I want to do something that's so strenuous but can also obviously be so enjoyable because you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't like doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of easy ways to start anything. The 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 challenge that gets into our own brain is you say, man, I got to become Jason Bourne in a day. That's just not how it works, right? You got to start somewhere and you got to start incrementally and you got to do it safely and you got to integrate it into your daily life. So, you know, to get started rucking or to optimize your time with a little bit of additional fitness called rucking, you know, a lot of people have backpacks or rucksacks, put 20 pounds in it. When you, when you go to the Metro or you walk to work or whatever, you can ruck to work. You can integrate that into your daily life and you're just getting a lot of additional benefits. I'm not talking about a hundred pounds, which a lot of people out there, I don't, I've never met a guy in the army that didn't ruck a hundred pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Ask us, we'll tell you. <laughs> and just a little bit and you start incrementally and then you build that foundation up and then you can build on top of that foundation. And one of the issues that we talk about here regularly is physical fitness and how a lot of us get out of the, out of the military. I left the Navy. I weighed something like 180 pounds, just finished a deployment to Afghanistan, get out, Within two years, I'm up to like 215, 220, and I shouldn't be 215, 220. Part of it is because I kind of got to that point where I didn't want to do anything that I didn't need to do uh, or that I didn't want to do. I did what I needed to do for 13 years. Now it was about me and doing what I wanted to do, and I didn't want to go out and run. Is it ever too late to get back into that? Let me ask someone who's uh, incredibly fit as you. It's a mindset, right? I mean, you have, it exists in you, the discipline and the desire to be some something better. I can just sense it, right? And so many people have that. It's just, it does, the trap of falling into the comfort trap is really easy. I mean, if, if someone can exist in their, their apartment and just live online all day long and make a living, you literally never have to leave. You can just oh, sit yeah. on the couch all day. The problem is, is that humans are hardwired to, we need to move and we need to be a part of a community. And so th- those are the things that make us fundamentally and foundationally happy. So the veteran community gets this more than than most or more than anyone because that's where we come from. We come from these teams that we worked on where we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We're there with other people that we like to work with on a daily basis. And so, look, I did the same thing when I got out of the army. I sort of said, man, I'm done with PT. I don't want to do it anymore because <laughs> it just, it, it felt so, you know, I felt the need to react against what my time in was because I was suffering from an identity crisis because I didn't have army special forces in my identity anymore. So the problem is you throw the baby out with the bathwater and you say, I want to reject everything that made me happy because now I can be, everything can be so much easier and that's going to be better. Well, guess what? Easier isn't better. Mm, It's it's not. So comfort is the enemy and you need to get out and you need to push yourself a little bit. It doesn't mean you're Jason Bourne again tomorrow because one, you know, all of us veterans were at one time Jason on Bourne. By tomorrow, I plan to be just a killing machine, just going around, uh, you know, solving mysteries and things like that. 
it, it just it, it starts incrementally again, you know, and, and it's not it's not hard to do. You know, you you find a buddy, you say, hey, you want to go do something. It's a really, really easy way to start. Yeah. It absolutely is. And, and for me, as I said, jujitsu, just going down there and they, hey, we do a free week of classes going down and being like, man, this is great. And now a few months into restarting that, uh, there are those days like today. I try to go Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I woke up today and I was like, I don't know if I want to go tonight. It's a Friday. Maybe I just want to sit at home, have a couple beers. I'm going today, if particularly after talking to you. I mean, my God, if you're doing 50 miles tonight. Awesome, I can, you're going. I can do an hour you're of jiu-jitsu going. tonight. I can do I mean, it, you know? Just, the, the structure and the discipline is something that everyone is so excited to lose when, when you get out of the, the Army. You say, man, I don't have to show up early morning PT, first sergeant this, he's not going to do that, you know, all that stuff. And look, the Army can take the fun out of almost everything except the camaraderie, right? You want to jump out of planes? Great. That's going to be awesome. Just not in the Army. Great. You want to go scuba dive? That's going to be awesome. Great. Just yep. don't go down to dive school in Key West. You're not going to like it, right? Yep. And, and so all of that kind of stuff. And, and it's, it's easy to say to reject all of that. And the, the bottom line, though, is that we need some of that. And we still need the camaraderie. So you start out with with. You don't know anybody maybe at your, your jiu-jitsu classes, and then you meet some people. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you go to jiu-jitsu, and then you go with a buddy, and you go grab a beer afterwards. You actually earn your beer. It's yep. great, right? And then you, you start to say, hey, a couple more people want to join, right? It's the fight club model, and you just do more of that, and it's, and it's awesome. And there's, yep. there's this actual fulfillment, not the sort of, hey, I looked at everyone's perfect life on Facebook, and I liked some stuff, and I wish my life were perfect like theirs too. Well, guess what? Nobody's life is perfect, yep. but the more time that you spend with other people doing awesome stuff, the happier you're going to be. And then it doesn't matter what other people are doing. Even the parts of it that kind of stink. Like when I go home and my wife asked me, how was it? I was great. I got choked out like three times <laughs> and then I woke up and didn't know where I was. And then we started all over again. You know, but things, look at you right now. You're like smiling that. about oh, it. Oh yeah. It's, oh, it's man, fantastic. It was so terrible. I mean, wasn't the army kind of like that or the military kind of like that as well? Oh, oh the man, Navy was pretty terrible. It sucked. But now you tell it with this smile, right? So sometimes <laughs> you just got to embrace the suck and it's great. One of the things uh, you're able to embrace that suck with uh, so many other veterans. I've looked at, you know, going to the, the Go Ruck website, you look at the, the members of your team, the people who participate in these events. It's been, it seems very important to you to have veterans continue to be a part of your life and a part of your business model with Go Ruck. Is that true? I mean, the veteran space is, is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people. These are, these are some of the most talented and capable and competent people in our country. These are the leaders within America. We're, we're trained, we've been there, we've done that. And so this idea that we can get out of the, the military, we can transition out and become veterans and then sort of rest on our laurels, I reject that. Hmm. I, I believe that we will always owe America from, from what we've learned in our experience, we will owe to, to apply that to, to what we're doing in just our daily life. You're, you're an ambassador of your military service everywhere you go. And you can you can choose to ignore that or you can choose to, to just, you know, live a normal life or try to, but you have it in you to do something that's more extraordinary because of the service that you, that you have. And so, you know, our events are all led by current and former decorated combat veterans of special operations, special forces. So that's, that's just integral to what we do. We, we execute about a thousand events a year that are all led by, by these guys. And, you know, they're the face of, of GORUCK out there. So very literally and very directly, without their support and buy-in into the, the greater mission of GORUCK, GORUCK would not be GORUCK. It just wouldn't exist. 
And of course, GORUCK has uh, events coming up. I mean, you're in Washington, D.C. tonight, but I see Chicago, San Francisco, Minneapolis, Seattle, Denver, Cincinnati, Dallas, Texas, Manhattan, Jacksonville Beach. Uh, you guys are doing these things all around the country, and, and there are, I'm guessing, plenty of people who are willing to join up and do what you guys are doing with that 50-mile course, right? Yeah. I mean, tonight we've got almost 700 people signed up to go stomp around for <laughs> 50 miles <laughs> with 20 pounds on their backs for, you know, all night. And yeah, so if you look at our map where our events are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dots on there all over the country. I'd be willing to do it, but I would be the ruck as long as someone carries me. Then I'd so be happy is, to do So this is this is where miles. the negative self talk starts. <laughs> first off, anytime someone says the word "but," you, you sort of the, the first part is a lie. So I'd be willing to do it, but okay. Yeah, so I don't want to do it. You, yeah, you don't want to do it, but you start you start incrementally training a little right. bit more. And we have all different kinds of of events. You know, right. there's four to five hour versions. There's twelve hour versions. There's twenty four hour versions. There's lots. But you know, it, it all starts incrementally, as with anything in life. You got to start somewhere. If you want to run the New York City Marathon, you don't want to start training the day before. You want to work up to that and get exactly. to that point. And the same thing applies with a 50-mile ruck, which they're going to be doing all around the country throughout the year. And, of course, there's a website where people can go to find out those dates, find out about the actual Go Ruck products that you have and so much more. Jason, if people want to find out more about Go Ruck, more about you, where do they go to do it? We're at GoRuck.com. Pretty simple. That's the website. Well, we want to thank you so much for your time today, Jason. Again, thank you so much for everything that you did while serving in the Army. And I think even more so everything that you've done for the veteran community afterwards and building up this uh, building up this amazing organization that you have that's really doing some fantastic things to get people uh, out there and doing stuff like 50-mile rucks like you've got going on tonight. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks so much. It's an honor to talk to uh, your veteran community out there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.